Warning, this is the most important podcast of our lifetime. Hello, everyone. <laughs> what is Hapatarian? So what is, what is Hapa? So when you put together Hapatarians, what, what is that? You know the thing. They're here, to, <laughs> they're here to awkward it up for you guys. Which is a very interesting and beautiful mix of humanity. Anyone has a podcast. You're an extremist. Shut up. All right, let's, let's get to it. Hey, what's happening and welcome to the Hopitarian Show, the number one podcast that still doesn't know what exactly the appendix does. Please don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and in the comments, tell us how much you love the Hapa Ethnostate. Our guest today is a man who would probably be the poster child for the Hapa Ethnostate because <laughs> he's a lean, mean fighting machine. Well, he's definitely lean in a fighting machine, and I guess he's a nice guy so two out of three ain't bad he's the founder of cinnabar calisthenics adam morgan how are you doing sir i'm doing good man thank you for the intro that was <laughs> that was good <laughs> i will say i know that i would be a great representative for the hapa ethnostate because the one time i posted on like our asian masculinity they banned me within 30 minutes because i was like hey here's how to not be an asian incel <laughs> and they were not cool with that so so what did you say exactly i'm now curious i told them to quit blaming every failure on their race quit mm. blaming uh asian women for their problems and to start working out basically become valuable yeah and uh they were definitely more in the we prefer to just victimize ourselves so took all of 30 minutes and then i was banned from like our hapa our asian masculinity our there was like three subreddits i posted to and they were like not cool dude get out of here yeah because they want to keep that victim mentality and anything that goes against that that's just that does not compute so yeah they, that does not surprise me they would just kick you out and yeah we can't have this uh wait wait what you want us to better ourselves no no we're just gonna blame the surface oh look at my Once face an incel, I, always an incel right exactly exactly yeah th those are some good times with the our hoppers i remember when uh nico and i we did videos a few years ago where we just talk about something that was on our hoppers and just be like, like can you believe these people would say that and then you, you really go yeah there's people out there who would think this because they just you know, they, they blame their dad because especially if it was a white dad, they blame him because, oh, he's white. And of course he's, he had sex with, with my Asian mom, because obviously the whole, all he wanted was to fantasize and have this fantasy finally realize that you get to have sex with an Asian woman. And then here I am, I'm half. And so that's kind of like how it all started with, with us was, okay, well, we're going to make fun of that because we're proud of who we are. We're proud of what we look like and where our background is and who our parents are and everything like that. And they're not, I mean, mainly the, cause if it's like the flip side, like if it's Asian man and white woman, Oh, Oh yeah. Give me some of that. That's what jackpot, they all, all dude, say. Jackpot. <laughs> I know, yeah, exactly. I know. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been quite a while since the last time we've, uh, like we've talked uh, yeah. like, especially in this format here. So from then to, to now, like what has changed? What's been the big thing? I know that you just recently became a dad. So congratulations on that. And Thank you. talk about that. 
Um, yeah, I mean, so I was in software development at the time. Um, and on the side, I was just doing like political commentary on YouTube. Um, and I think that was at the time where I was really just like binging a lot of like Rogan uh, podcasts like that and eventually hit the gym, decided to get swole. <laughs> um, and yeah, eventually ended up transitioning into that as like my full-time job. Um, and then also ended up switching my YouTube to that as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the things that I tried to live out were the things that I ended up pissing off within the Hoppa community because I did a video on my old channel about that. Mm -hmm. um, and those guys are crazy, man, because that video, that was one of those videos that just sat on my channel, never even touched the topic again. It was just one video that I did and I would get like DMs, like death threats, like comments, like you piece of shit, like crazy stuff. So um, I definitely could have probably milked that content for some more views in the same way that people are milking like red pill stuff today, but, uh, mm. I decided to move on, but eventually I think I'll probably do a YouTube video that says like, Hey, if you're one of these Asian incels that wants to improve your life, I can show you how to do it. And now I'm married and I have a kid. Life is great. I'll show you how it's done. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like I said in the intro, like you're kind of tongue in cheek and joking, but also it's true that you're someone that doesn't have that victim mentality where you you've bettered yourself. You've gotten fit, healthy, and you're, you're a dad and a husband and, and all this stuff. And a lot of these people that are on those subreddits, they've they've clung it onto that. If clung's a word, they've clung onto that whole mentality that, okay, well, if we just continue to just be completely bitter towards everybody, you know, and, and, and I can, I'm sometimes guilty of that where, you know, you kind of get in those moods where, ugh, you know, life isn't so great, but then there's other times where, oh yeah, life is amazing. You kind of have to understand that you have a lot of blessings and a lot of things to be thankful for. And maybe cause I, I try to understand at least somewhat of these people that have that, where they just talk about this all the time. And I, I don't know how you could just be like so negative all the time. You know, because I, I know what that was like, because I used to be like that where I was just negative and I hated myself and it was just, I don't, I like, so I, actually, I didn't even think about it until now that you bring it up. That's actually one of the reasons why I quit my old channel, yeah. um, because even though I was getting a lot of traction and I was getting views and I was, I mean, Jordan Peterson retweeted me like that mm. blew up my channel quite a bit, but I eventually hit this point with my content where I was like. I'm looking for outrage. Like I would be coming up with my podcast script, yeah. you know, like my, my show. Okay. What am I going to talk about this week? And I would be like, Oh, there's not enough stuff for me to shit on. Yeah. I'm like, there's not enough stuff for me to like be outraged about. And I was like, this is not the future I want. Cause I was like, I don't want to just be like these Sargon Rubens, Candace Owens, where they're just constantly just finding stuff to be upset about. And I was like, you know what? I need to take this a different direction because that's not the way I want to live my life. So I think that's one of the reasons that I went this route. One, I just saw the positive benefits that it had in my own life. Um, I felt better. I looked better. Dating became way easier. People started perceiving me differently. That's one of the things I think a lot of these like Asian incels could really, you know, benefit from like people start looking at you differently. And mm -hmm. I mean, look at how much more popular like K-drama, K-pop is in America. This anti, this like negative stigma against Asians in America, if it did exist at one point, it's ending 
pretty quickly, like Squid Game, BTS. Now you mm. might say, okay, well, they have all these pretty boys, like it's not the best representation, but it is warming people up to, I think, that identity. And if you're not just this like skinny little dorky looking Georgia Tech nerd that has like no social skills whatsoever, it, it, nothing is holding you back. I get yeah. compliments at Publix from cashiers. I get compliments at Starbucks from the baristas. Like it's amazing. And all it took was doing the work to improve myself. Yeah, that's, that's the, the, I'm sure your confidence and I'm sure it boosts your ego too. Like, oh, wow. I'm getting some, cause I mean, at the end of the day, that, that that's probably part of the reason I was like, oh, I really want people to notice that I'm putting in the work and I'm, I'm getting healthier. And, and then, and then I know you're also like kind of coaching and helping other people do the same thing. Like you've been saying, you're helping other people do it as well. Because like at the end of the day, if you can't improve yourself, you can't, you can't really improve anyone else. I mean, that's, that's pretty much almost always proven to be fact really. And, and like you're saying about how you stopped kind of talking about politics for the most part, because yeah, it's, it's negative. There was times and like right now, like me doing this show and everything, I'm enjoying it and I'm enjoying the people that I'm talking to and everything like that. And the stuff that we're talking about. And, and a lot of it probably is negative, but like you're like the names that you had mentioned they they have their own, uh, what's the, I don't know what the certain phrase would be, but there's people that can do that type of content probably better than we can. Cause maybe we're just weren't equipped for it. Like maybe at the end of the day, you, you like you figured that I'm not equipped to just be negative all the time. Let me start being more positive. This feels more at home of what I can actually be as opposed to, Hey, you see what the latest thing here in politics, let me tell you all about it for the next 35, 40 minutes or whatever, you know? Yeah. And I think there's just like a lot of men that are lost right now, like in mm -hmm. their twenties in their thirties. And I mean, I get it. Cause there was a part of me that was like that. And I was like, okay, I'm happy to dunk on dumb shit that's going on in current events and politics and all that. But I was like, I just don't want that to be my content. I'd rather have something out there that I can be a little bit more proud of. Um, and I mean, I'll be honest, like when I started out, it was mostly like, I want to get laid. Like, okay, I'm in my twenties. Of course, that's why I'm working out. That's why most guys work out. But then as you get further along, you start to see how much more it benefits your life as a whole, like mm -hmm. your dating prospects, prospects get better, your relationship, like just friends, um, people treat you differently. Um, like job interviews got way easier. Mm. So once I started to see all those benefits, it was like, okay, let me just start talking about this a little bit more because it just helped every aspect of my life. And I just felt better about making that type of content. So I guess kind of going with that, with bettering yourself, does it kind of, I'm sure I know the answers, but I kind of want to know what your take is where you see a lot of the quote unquote health people and all the health stuff out there where they're trying to really push all this, basically the anti you where, you, you know, you're fit and everything, but you're, they're showing all, Oh, well, if you're fat, you're not unhealthy. You're, you're going to live to be a hundred too. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I just, that whole thing of what's happening with, with kind of showing women, especially like if you're super fat, it's okay to be fat. Like don't try and improve your health in any way, shape or form. Continue doing what you're doing. It's great. 
and so like being in now kind of more of the health and fitness, how does that kind of, how does that boggle your mind and, 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 and kind of seeing all that stuff? I mean, I think that is almost more of a political issue than it is a health issue because in health and fitness, they all know it's bullshit. Like mm. they're not even entertaining that. I think that's definitely more of a political issue. And I think what's happening there isn't much different than what's happening with anything else is that there's this issue within our society to where we're like, Hey, you know what? There are some people that are fat. There are some people that are overweight, obese. We shouldn't shit on them for it. Like, it's not cool to just be mean to them. Like, so it's like, let's just be more tolerant. Like, yeah, they're overweight. It's not good for them, but let's not judge them negatively. That's cool. Like guys like Cernovich have talked about that. Like, why are we fat shaming people? Like, let's try and help them if we can. But then it swings so far in the other direction where they're like, there are no negative health effects mm -hmm. of it. And it, it's, I mean, we see it with a lot of things in politics today where it's like tolerance goes so far to where they just start denying reality. And I think that's what's happened here. And some people buy into it, mostly women, because you can't convince guys that that's true. Yeah. Like they try to, the dad bod thing. Oh, women actually prefer dad bods. We know that's not true. Healthy at any size. We know that's not true because they're not putting you know, Gabriel Iglesias on men's physique. Like this yeah. is not happening, right? It's still Aquaman. It's still Thor. Um, mm. But yeah, I think it's just like anything else. That's a political issue that's been taken too far in the other direction. And if you're woke, you buy into that. And if you're red-pilled, then you know it's bullshit. Yeah, and I think Gabriel Iglesias knows. Yeah, I wouldn't. What? what? No, I, I don't. No, I eat donuts. What are you talking about? I don't. <laughs> I don't belong <laughs> on this magazine. It's stupid. Um. So yeah, you just you mentioned uh, red pill, and I know that before we start recording, you talked about how you're kind of going more down the. Uh, lately, you've been kind of getting into more of the red pill content and seeing what's going on there. So. What, what's what's been going on over there in the red pill because i mean i'll be honest i haven't really kind of looked into it but i have seen something especially with some of the things that nico has seen and and tweeted about and it's just it just continues to weird me out especially with some of the things people are talking about with marriage and oh your marriage should be like this and everything's like i mean you know we've been married for a long time and it's and it's not like we're perfect in any way i think any marriage is going to have its you know, there's going to be some ups and downs and hurdles. No, it has to be like this. And if you do this and it's going to be like that, and it's going to be this, if it's perfect, like blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't really know how some, especially if the person that's telling you all this advice, quote unquote, isn't even married, then why the hell are these people taking their advice in the first place? It doesn't make any sense. So I guess what I'm trying to ask is what have you seen in red pill community lately? That's that you're just, that's, I guess, triggering. I, I don't know if that's the right word, but what's been triggering for you? I mean, I think the, so most of what's made it into the bigger dialogue has been these podcasts, these mm. male, like two men and then like 10 women just talking on this panel. And I'm talking about the whatever podcast, the fresh and fit podcast. Yeah. And I think part of the issue here is that some of the things they're talking about aren't necessarily wrong. You know, they're talking about like these really hypergamous women. They really value like money status. Like it's all about material possessions. And 
they're not wrong. They're just in a very unique market. You're in mm -hmm. Miami. Miami women are not representative of women. <laughs> I think we know that. Like, you could probably go out there and like flip a coin and half these girls are on OnlyFans. That's mm -hmm. not America. And I think that's the big problem here is that when they're having these conversations, it's like, they're not necessarily wrong, but it's like, who are we speaking to here? Are we speaking to most of America? Are we speaking to guys in Miami? And I think that's one of the real big issues here is that they are just not perfectly clear on who they're talking about. Um, and yeah, there's just some of these guys, like they arrive to red pill from first principles, like their own life experience. They're like, mm, this is kind of how I think about dating. This is kind of how I think about men and women. And then they discover red pill and they're like, oh, wow, this makes sense. But there might be parts of it that you agree with parts of it that you disagree with. Mm. But then there are guys who find red pill first and it basically becomes a playbook and they mm. can't deviate that in any way. So, you know, you have guys like Sargon of Akkad where it's like always maintain frame, always be stoic, always be in control of your emotions. And he's like, you can never cry in front of a woman ever. It's like, bro, really? Do you honestly believe that? To the point that he's saying, if your dad dies, you should not cry in front of your wife. Well, like he actually said that. Well, I guess You're I'm not a psychopath a, if you do. I, I guess I'm not a real man because, like, you know, recently we had to bury our, uh, like, she had a miscarriage and we buried her, our daughter, and. I, I tore, I, you know, I broke down crying. I guess I'm not a real man, according to Sargon of Akkad. According to Carl Benjamin, I'm not a real man. So I, I don't know. Hey, Carl, if you're watching this, which you probably aren't, but if at, at some point, if you are, guess what? I'm not a real man. So I guess you should block me off Twitter now because you don't, you wouldn't consider me a real man. Cause I, cr I've probably cried during like her whole miscarriage and all this stuff. I probably cried maybe three or four times, just like, like the real, like broken down, you, you know, the grief that I can't imagine, man. Yeah. And so if your dad dies, no, no, you have to, you stay military. Okay. You don't cry. You, you stay, you say, you, you stand forward. You sit up straight. You, if you, if I see one, if, if your eyes even look like they're watering, I'm going to smack the shit out of you. That's basically his mentality on that. Okay. Here, I'll, I'll read his tweet because I, I saw, I saw this like, <laughs> all right. Okay, so as a man, you must never cry in front of a woman. You can cry in private. Oh, well, I'm glad you gave me the permission, Carl. You can cry with your best friends. Oh, great. That's good. What's the difference then? What if your best friend is another woman? You can cry with your dad, even though you ought not to. Why? Why? But you must never cry in front of... Okay, so what's the difference between crying and... In, in, in front of your dad as opposed to your wife what's the difference you're close to both of them i would hope you're close to both of them what's the difference i go well you're with your wife all the time and but the whole point of being with your significant other is the fact that you're basically one now that's the whole point so if she's sad then you're probably also sad as well not just no mm -mm. if i see those if i see those lips quivering a, a molecule amount. I'm gonna knock you so hard into next week. That's that's basically what I'm saying. So I'll, I'll continue reading this thread because I'm enjoying it. 
I understand. I will probably weep when my own father dies. So, so you're just okay. So why, why even tweet that you, you? Anyway, however, the fact remains that we ought not to cry in front of women under any circumstance. Why? See, he shouldn't have just left it at the first half. Exactly. There's no need to beat yourself up for being flawed. Just try to be stronger one day at a time. But sometimes being stronger is actually showing emotion. It, it's like if, I, if like we're going through all of this and I didn't cry once, Nico would probably think, oh, maybe he doesn't care. Like, I don't exactly. I, I don't think he cares that our daughter died. Exactly. And here's the thing. Destiny brought up this point because they, they, I think they were talking about like Andrew Tate or something like that. Mm -hmm. Because there is some truth to this. If you're always crying, if you're always crying, yeah, you got a problem. And I'll right. tell that guy, like, dude, you got fired from your job. Like, suck it the fuck up. Move <laughs> on. Figure it out. That's totally different. Yeah. But think about somebody like an Andrew Tate. Very competent. Got a lot of money. Good job. High status. High power. Pre- you know, child trafficking or human yeah, trafficking, right. whether or not that's true. Who knows? Imagine that that guy is maintains frame, very stoic, in control of his motion in business meetings, on podcasts, whatever he's doing. But then when he's with his woman, that one person he can emotionally open up to about things that matter to him, like mm -hmm. his child, his family, his mom, his dad, whatever. I think that brings... Her, that increases her love for him because she's like, I see him interact with everybody else in the world, but he only interacts with me this way. Yeah. That's a strength. Yeah. But guys like Sargon, for whatever reason, see this as a weakness. And it's absolutely insane. Like, I, I talked to my wife about this this morning and she's like, yeah, I would think you're psycho. <laughs> if, you're, if a family member died or if a baby died, like, of course, I would be like, what the hell is wrong with you? This is not a normal human reaction. But guys like Sargon, who are influential just by nature of the audience that he has, mm -hmm. and I'm guessing 95% of his audience is men, there are going to be some guys that are listening to this that are like, I think he's right. Hmm. Or like maybe he is onto something here, especially if some of the Manosphere and Red Pill people start retweeting it. Like, yeah, Sargon, you get it. It's like, guys, we need to be careful here because you're creating sociopaths. Or you're creating somebody that's going to repress their emotions for so long that when it finally does come out, they're going to blow up. Or they're going to do something like a mushroom trip and just get punched in the face. <laughs> they're not going to know it. Right. right. Years of suppressed emotion that is a totally healthy display of emotion. Yeah, and, and bottling up all that emotion, it's going to come out eventually and – who knows what that is going to look like? It could be, I mean, it could not, it could be something that's not too bad, but we've seen cases where people will let their emotions out and, you know, getting or even cool. like if you see your, your kid like laugh for the first time or right. smile at you for the first time yeah. and you get teary eyed, is your wife really going to look at you and be like, Oh my God, what a pussy. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I marry him? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. what fucking world are these guys living in come on like any girl would be like oh my god that's so sweet like think about a dog like guys walking in a park with a dog it's like a girl magnet they just come up to them and it's something as simple as that if you were to show emotion about something like a smile or a dog dying or just like something that was like really meaningful to you 
like mm-hmm. your niece. Oh my gosh, she won this competition. It meant so much for her, so much to her. And you were like emotionally invested and you started crying. If that girl is judging you for that, that's not a sign that you did something wrong. That's a sign that that bitch is crazy. Move on. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to continue with this thread because I, I love it so much. Uh, it is an immutable and universal rule of the Tao of human relationships between man and woman. I didn't make it and denying it won't abolish it. The rule remains. I'm afraid. So it, it's a lot of this thread is him quoting other people. Uh, I get the replying to his first, his first tweet that I read. So the the, uh, the the first tweet after the fir- oh, that, that doesn't make any sense. The second tweet after the first one, where he says, "I understand," I would probably there was a he's quoting this tweet that said, "I cried in front of my wife when COVID got my dad. There was no way to stop it." And so he says, "I understand," or probably you know that that that's what he was responding to. But he's basically telling him, "I understand, but you still shouldn't have done it." Yeah, tell it to someone who'd lost their dad. I, uh, anyway, so then that next one was it is immutable. The um, he's responding to someone who said, "Whose role?" Don't get me wrong; I'm all for manly men, and I believe men and women have different yet complementary roles. But saying that a man should never cry in front of a woman—that's a tad extreme. I would say that's extreme, not a tad extreme. But anyway, crying all the time, yeah, fair enough. Like like you said, but never. Nope, sorry. So that's what he was responding to. Okay, so the next one he's responding to. A tweet that said, does that include wives or is that covered in the private? And so he says, it includes wives. Moreover, you should not take instruction from a woman on this issue. It isn't that they won't be well-meaning, but they will not understand why you ought not to cry in front of them. There is magic at work here and it isn't theirs. I'd love to be a fly on the wall on a Carl Benjamin first date. Yeah, like what are the rules set? If I, lady, if you see me crying, that's it. Like you should just leave me. Or maybe she'll be like, "Wow, that's wow, that's really sweet of you. I never, I never knew that you had this side of you." Because that's usually what. I mean, I'm not saying that's like 100 percent going to happen, but it would probably happen where if he, like, yeah, if he was on a first date or just any man really, where something crazy, like, oh yeah, I'm on a first date and. I learned some bad news. Well, oh, what is it? You know, talk about it. Let's let's talk about it. And then they start opening up to each other on a front. I mean, that's that's a pretty heavy first date, you know, talking about some real serious <laughs> issues or whatever. But I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure that's happened where first it was pretty heavy. And she's like, Wow, I never knew about this side of you. This is pretty cool. And now I'm starting to think, oh, I should write this no- I should write a romance novel about this. This sounds a pretty good idea. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> I'm glad you brought this up. But um, no, anyway, so I'm sorry. Okay, so I just saw this one, and he's responding to a tweet that said, women may say they want men, and I want to know your opinion on this, Adam. Women may say they want men to show their emotions, but what they won't say is that they find it a turnoff. That's someone replied to his first tweet. Carl Benjamin said, women want to be told no. Uh, I I don't even see how that's a response to what he replied to, but... Like all things, it's contextual. Yeah. If you're crying about some dumb shit, then yeah. But everybody agrees with that. Right. Right. This isn't a man or woman thing. This is just a human thing. If you're crying about dumb shit, people get annoyed. If you're crying about something that's like, oh my God, this brilliant sports moment or like shit the other day, 
this guy that I know that I met through Twitter, he used to be a heroin addict, almost mm -hmm. died multiple times. There's videos of him in a hospital, just like, like just heroin shakes or whatever the hell they're called. Crashed multiple cars into light poles, turned his life around. He was on MasterChef two weeks ago, mm -hmm. cooking for Gordon Ramsay, got an apron. He's on the show now. My wife and I broke down in tears. Hmm. We're like this dad, especially now that we're parents, it's like this dad had to watch his grown son at like 20 some years old, just throwing his life away, mm -hmm. just abusing heroin, nearly killing himself. Can you imagine him having to like get a phone call? Oh, my son totaled another car into a light pole. And then to turn it around, he looks healthy. You would never guess that he was ever on drugs. And now he's on a national television show cooking for fucking Gordon Ramsay. And Gordon Ramsay's like, dude, this is amazing. Here's your apron. Like yeah. we broke down. We're like, this is such a beautiful moment. It's all contextual. Something like that. Like no woman is going to judge you for it. And if they do, this is something that guys need to realize. Stop changing yourself to, to fit that woman. Like this is something that I used to do when I was in like high school, college, when I was dating, there were parts of me that I would hide because I'm like, what will she think of it? You know? So it's like mm -hmm. first date, she'd be like, Oh, like, what are you interested in? Really? I'd be like esports. Like I like watching <laughs> counter-strike, but of course I'm like, that's a total, like no girl's going to be like, Oh, that's right. so cool. Oh, I'm slopping wet now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I would just hide that. And that would just be a part of myself that I would never show them. Cause I'm like, Oh, if I do, then this date's going to go South. And you know, like, I really want this to work out, mm -hmm. but what good is that doing if they're never seeing who you truly are and who knows, they might actually like it. And then when I met my wife, it was like the first time where I was like, I'm 100% just going to be me. If she doesn't like it, then okay. If she's like, Hey, what do you do in your free time? I'm like, I make YouTube videos. And she's like, how many subs do you have? I'm like, uh, 400. Like she might think it's cringe, but I'm like, okay, if she thinks it's cringe and that's a deal breaker for, for her, it's like, do I want to be with somebody that isn't willing to be with somebody who's building something great? Yeah. I don't. So that's how I started viewing it. And I think when it comes to stuff like this, rather than viewing it as like, you're doing something wrong because the girl's judging you for displaying emotions, why not flip it? Maybe she's wrong. Hmm. It's all a woman's fault is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Always is in Sargon's world, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, like you were saying how, like you guys were talking about that story where, you know, watching their, cause I, I, I'm just thinking about, and I'm sure you'd be thinking about too, where you think about, well, once my, once my son is, is all is grown up and is, is, is an adult now, you kind of you always have to you're always thinking about what is their life going to be 20 years from now and yeah. when when like someone like that who yeah like their life was pretty much rock bottom like multiple times like in the hospital getting into all these car wrecks being on drugs for, and all this other stuff and now he's at an all-time high i mean you you can't get any higher than Gordon Ramsay handing you an apron and being like, Hey, guess what? You're good enough to be on my show. I mean, that's crazy. That's and insane I'm to admit that I cried about that. At yeah. all. And I've never even met the guy. 
I texted him. I like DM'd him. We're just purely Twitter friends. And I like DM'd him. I'm like, dude, we are bawling right now. Yeah, like, yeah. And he was crying. His dad was crying. Because at one point, his dad was holding a baby like I am right now and thinking, mm-hmm. what is this person going to turn into? Yeah. 20 years later, it turned out it was him on heroin hitting light poles with a car. Yeah. I can't imagine what that must have been like. And to come out on the other side, to see his son work through that, I'm like, if you don't cry out that, you're a fucking psychopath. How do you not get motivated by that story? Now, every time I'm going through my day, like a couple days past that, every time I would like hit a point in my day where I'm like, oh, I got to do this or like, oh my God, why is this like my job? I would just think about him. I'm like, dude, he had it way worse than I did. Mm -hmm. He had to dig himself out of a hole of addiction. Yeah, And I'm just sitting here bitching about like, I lost 30 seconds of my video that I was recording because yeah, the yeah. audio cut out. It's like, dude, come on. Things could be a lot worse. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, any any parent will, will tell you that they think about that. And because uh, then when you kind of think about, I'm sure this dad was looking at their son going through all this and wondering, well, what did I do wrong? I, I felt like I, I tried to yeah. do everything I could. I thought I raised them the best I could. And then to see him be at rock bottom, it, it definitely makes you wonder like, okay, so what could I have done differently? Like maybe I, maybe I said something that maybe I said something wrong at, at when he was a teenager and it like completely changed his life forever. And I'm just speculating. I have no idea. But it also kind of makes me go because I think about that too, just randomly, where I'll just, you know, and I'll like I'll be with my wife like in bed, where we're just talking, and so and, and then I even before like when she was pregnant with him, and just me being worried about being a dad, like oh man, like I want to be I want to be a really good dad, but there's part of me where I'm like you know I'm gonna mess up, I'm gonna screw up, I don't want that kind of. Cause it's hard. It's a really, it's really hard to be like, I really want my son to just be, you know, successful and all that. But at the end of the day, there is that possibility that it's, it might not end up that way. Your, your child, you know, he's, he's so, you know, he's happy and he's playing with his, with his toys and everything like that. It's so innocent. And you're just looking at, it, you're just like, man, I, I can't believe that you used to be this little tiny embryo. Now look at you, you're little, playing with your toys but then you're thinking 20 years later, he could be in an alleyway shooting heroin in his arm. That I think about that stuff. Like, cause I'm just like, it, it, you know, obviously I don't want it to happen, but it, there is that possibility because the way that our society is where, and I mean, I know, I know like when, like we were messaging about this, well, we should talk about libertarian stuff, whatever. And I'm going to get, I don't know. I'm going to get pretty anti-libertarian here, but I feel that, like with marijuana and all this, like trying to legalize as many drugs as possible, it kind of makes me go, I don't think I want any of that stuff on the streets because, and I know it's very, I know I'm personalizing this, but it, it really makes me go, I don't want it because I see homeless people uh, like where we live. We see homeless people all the time. And I do think like, you know, that could be, that could be me. That could be my son. That could be any of my family. Cause I don't, I don't want any of that stuff out there. And call me a right-wing authoritarian or whatever you want to call me when I say that, but I do think about that a lot where, and it's just from that story. 
And I'm sure that dad probably was thinking about that too. It's like, if only there was some way where whatever he was using just wasn't around, it didn't exist. Maybe he wouldn't have been in that situation. Maybe the people he was hanging out with were into that. And he was just pure. Oh man, I'm telling you, when you when you take this drug, it's gonna feel you're gonna feel so good and you're gonna want to continue to do it over and over and over again. And that's how it goes with it with people who are addicted. They they try it once and that's it, it's over. And I, I think that's where people start to abandon their values. Um, because yeah. it's very easy to like conceptually be like, oh, drugs should be legalized. And I do mm -hmm. think they should be. But then when you know somebody who's been affected by it, or when you have a kid who's starting to become of age where it's like, okay, now they're going to get access to like jewels at school or weed yeah. pens at school, you start to think about it a little, little differently. And I think for some people, they can't handle that. They know somebody that's been affected by drugs and then they're like, it should all be illegal. But then some people are like, okay, I just have to learn how to like teach my kid to navigate through this world the same yeah. way that I did. Um, yeah. And it's a difficult thing. And I already, I mean, my kid's two and a half months old. Like I'm not sitting here trying to pretend like I'm, I'm a seasoned vet here, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. already like so many parts of like my day, like when I read news stories, like I just think about it differently. Like mm -hmm. the kid that jumped off the cruise liner a couple days ago, I'm like that those parents, like everything was going great. Mm -hmm. He graduated high school. Everything's going great. You're going to go on a cruise, dude, live it up. You're going to go to college and one stupid fucking dare. Mm. Dude, you should jump off the boat. That was mm. it. What are their parents supposed to do there? Yeah. Like you just look at things so differently and yeah. I mean, you kind of get why parents are neurotic. <laughs> like yeah. I kind of get why helicopter parenting exists, like all this shit, because right. you just start to think like you see all these videos on Twitter of like homeless people at parks with knives. And then you're like, I'm not going to a park ever again. Right. And then before you know it, like your kid's allergic to everything. They're allergic to the sun. Like they've never <laughs> been outside ever. Yeah. And then it's like, why is my kid weird? It's like, well, cause he didn't live the way you did. Yeah. But yeah, it's this balancing act. Cause it's like, you see the stuff online, but then it's like, you also got to be a normal person. It's it's weird, but hopefully I don't screw it up. Yeah. I mean, that last thing is that hopefully I don't screw it up. Like that's literally, I, I think about that all the time. You know, I'm, I know it's being human. Worried. Yeah. Like and I'm, I'm being human. I'm sure. Oh, what are you, why are you thinking about your son being a drug addict? You know, that's, that's a, that's the worst thing you should think about. As opposed to well, the worst thing, but definitely one of the, like the top five worst things I think. But you know, you're obviously your child dying, and 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 all the all the bad other bad things that can happen. Oh, but it's part. It's yeah. One that's Sorry, really screwing me with right, right now, and I'm just gonna use a word because I know it's like YouTube, but corn. Mm. It's totally different today than it was when I was growing up. And it's going to get even weirder now that that whole Apple Vision Pro is out. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm going to have to have a conversation with my kid at some point about that. <laughs> yeah. And be like, look, buddy. <laughs> there is, and I'm not going to lie about it. I'm going to be like, there is some great stuff over there. Yeah. But you're flirting with danger. Yeah. We're just in a very new world and everything, is, I'm just changing the way I look at everything and... You know, it's like, how do I give my kid the freedom to learn and live the way I did, but then also give them the guidance to avoid 
the dumb shit where it's like, hey, man, if you're on a boat and people are daring you to jump off, don't be the guy that just wants to look cool and do the dare. Because mm-hmm. you got one life, man. Yeah, because that boat ain't stopping. Yeah. It's gonna yeah people going. don't realize how fast cruise boats go. Yeah. Because it's so fucking big. It's just like, but then yeah. if you were swimming next to it, it's going like 100 miles an hour. You're like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah and, and the people that, that had him do this, and now they're going to live that with their conscience. Oh, you pretty much basically put this kid to death. Like, it's pretty it's much special. your fault. And there's video of them with guys in the background. Oh, dude, he did it. Holy shit. Like they're laughing about it while this kid's dying. Yeah. That's, that's never going yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's forever. Uh, it's forever now. If, like if, unless the video is deleted and completely destroyed or whatever, like they, Hey, you want to watch the time where you laugh at some kid basically jumping to their death? Hey, go, you want to watch that? Like, no, I know that's terrible. I don't, so I don't know. You're going to have to repent somehow for that. I don't know what you're going to have to do, but you're going to have to do something because that's, that's not good. And, and dark dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think parenting, uh, you know, and I'm sure other parents will tell you that obviously you, you, you want to think and remember the, the good stuff, but there are those bad things. They think it's just human nature to, to be like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I did my best, but, and, and I think that story that you're talking about, there is, there, there's always a chance that they can turn their life around. And that's that's like the light at the end of the tunnel cliche, where yeah, there is like you're you're at the complete blackness, but there's that light at the end of the tunnel if you just work for it and you try your best to get to that point. And obviously, we don't want you ever to get to, to black, but if it did ever get there, then there's that chance that it can get white again. And I think, I mean, I, I don't know how um, how I can like convey my thoughts on this perfectly or whatever. But I think a, a lot of things, especially when Nico and I were, do, were talking about politics before we were parents, there was a lot of that. Oh yeah. Just do what you want and everything like that. And then once you become a, a parent, it really, and it, it's, it's so stereotypical that you have to be the thing before you can understand that thing. So, oh yeah, being a parent, eh. but then you become one. You're like, oh yeah, I do understand it now. I do get it. I do understand why, like you were saying, parents can get very neurotic and very just anxious about their children all the time. Cause that's just human nature. Like once you're a parent, that's like, it's not just about you anymore. And I've said this before on other shows too, but it's, it's not just about you now. Like you're taking care of this child and you do anything for that child. I mean, anything, you know, like life or death. Like if my kid was drowning, I would jump in and it wouldn't even be a, I wouldn't even think about it. If he was drowning, oh, I'm going to try and get them as fast as I can to get them out of there. You know? Yeah. I mean, obviously that's like, but because, sorry, I'm kind of going on a rant here about this, but it, it makes me also look at some people who are parents and you go, I can't, why are you a parent? You're, you're, you're a shitty person. You're a complete, you've had all these kids. You're a shitty person. I'm not talking about anyone specific, but like, you're a shitty person. Like why? And then you have really good, authentic people struggling 
to have one, you know, and know. it sucks. It's just, it's, sometimes that's just the hand that's dealt, but it, it really sucks. It really sucks when, 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 when that's, uh, when, when that's your life, especially going through IVF and everything and, and hearing how IVF is a touchy subject for some people. And I definitely understand it because there's a lot of kind of weird things that can happen. And, but when I saw someone like they were against IVF and like anyone that says, well, I think anyone who conceives their child via IVF or whatever, and they're against that. If I ever get a chance to tell people who are that and say, well, my son was conceived via IVF. So maybe you should tell him, like, go ahead, tell him that you don't think he should be around because you think IVF shouldn't be happening. Then go ahead and tell him. Go ahead. What What is the thing against that? Is it because it's like not natural? It not natural. Because um, I'm not like there, really aware of this. Yeah, there's well, like when you have when you make embryos, especially if you have. I mean, I'm trying. I'm going to try and explain as best I can. Like Nico's better at this than I am, so I'm going to. I might screw this up, so I'm just going to caveat you realize really quickly during pregnancy how little both men and women know about our bodies i i I know it's it's (laughs) i know i know it's crazy um but there's there's an option when uh you have multiple embryos where say like you have five or something like that and just whatever the reasoning is you only want to you take three you can adopt those two embryo adoptions where other couples are struggling. You can give them, give those up for adoption, but there's also an option to discard them. And I think that's where a lot of the people are against it because, Oh, you can just do, you're basically getting rid of it. It's almost like, like, like abortion is such a hot topic now, but it, in a way that's kind of the same thing. Cause you're just like, yeah, well, you know, the embryo is alive. You're just giving it up. Right. But I would much because we didn't do that. We basically, yeah, if we, if we ended up with a lot of embryos and we weren't able to use all of them, we'll give up for adoption. And so that, that's, I think that's the main reason I think that people are against, which I understand. I definitely understand. I think they should just get rid of that option, but there's also, I think there's also options where they can use, they can use the embryos for science, whatever the fuck that means. So I don't know. There's, there's some weird things about it, but I mean, we're we're not for that, obviously. I I, th- I wish those options weren't around because I think that's the reason why a lot of people aren't are against it, is those those. Yeah, those I mean, I think in a lot of those cases too, it's like if you're really that worried about the stigma, just don't tell people. Yeah, just tell them you got pregnant. Yeah. Tell your close friends and family like how you actually did it. Um, but it is kind of unfortunate too because I think having a dialogue about this is very helpful because mm-hmm. I'm sure you experienced this as well, but. It wasn't until my wife and I really started thinking about having kids that we realized and we found out how many people struggle to have kids. It's a lot. I thought it was kind of just, I mean, like in high school, people would have like oopsies, like that girl got an abortion. Oh my God, that girl's pregnant at 16. Like I thought it was super easy. And then you start like talking to your friends around your age and you're like, oh, they've been trying for like a year. They've had like three or four failed pregnancies. Like there's a lot of stuff going on. 
Um, so it's like, on one hand, it's like, yeah, keep it to yourself because then you don't have to deal with the drama of like people judging you for your decisions. But then on the other hand, I do think it's helpful that people are being more open about this. And I think our generation is very good about that Mm -hmm. because it just gives you more transparency because if you know that a lot of other people are struggling and you're struggling too, you're like, okay, we're not the weirdos here. Like there are other people going, going through the same thing. Um, so I think in that respect, it's, it's very good, but yeah, it's just kind of up to the person and really how much bullshit you want to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, and I think since we've been pretty open, especially Nika, I mean, she's about as open as you can possibly get with it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, I mean, every, every once in a while she'll get the people that disagree with her and all that. But I think, and I could be misremembering this, but I'm sure when we kind of announced, Oh, you know, we, we did IVF, whatever. And, you know, she got some of the, the comments that like, well, you know, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think you should have done that. I think you should have just try kept continuing naturally or whatever. I mean, yeah, like, like you were saying, it was, oh yeah, if you just have sex, boom, nine months later, here's a baby. You know, that's, that's the, that's the way I thought it. Oh yeah, it's boom, boom, boom. There you go. It's over. Oh, you get to do the fun part. And then the next nine months later, the fun part really begins, you know, that whole thing. But no, not everybody gets to do it that way. And uh, so I don't know how this kind of led to that, but. Yeah. And I'll just throw one of my ideas out here. Yeah. Because I am curious why this is happening. Like we see like sperm counts amongst men plummeting. Mm -hmm. We see like the, like people are struggling more than ever to uh, get pregnant. Testosterone rates are plummeting in men. What is happening? Why is this happening? I think there's probably a lot of different reasons. There might be like endocrine disruptors. There might be like birth control in the fucking water, plastics, that kind of thing. Um, But kind of going back to the whole like healthy at any size thing. I think that's a big part of it Hmm. because when we would go to like the OBGYN to do our checkups, I'm looking around and I'm like, pretty much everybody here is overweight. Hmm. And I can't imagine that if you're overweight and you're trying to have a kid, that it's like the best thing for your body. Yeah. So obviously that doesn't apply to everybody. Cause I know some people that are like very healthy and very good shape. They're still having issues, but I think there are a lot of people to where it's like, Hey, maybe like your body isn't primed for it. Like you need to be taking better care of it. Yeah. Um, because I do see a lot of that, but like I said, just in case anybody gets pissed, I'm fully admitting there are many, many factors at play here, but yeah. I do think that is one that's worth looking into but we're not going to because it's very offensive nowadays. And it's, and it's an either or issue. It can either be a woman or, or a man issue. And I think mm-hmm. that's, I think that's another misconception where mm-hmm. they automatically think, Oh, well, something must be wrong with the lady. You know, maybe her egg quality isn't that good, or maybe her lining just isn't right, or she's missing something, whatever. It's like, well, you know, there's also, there's also the other part of that, you know, the man also can, like you're saying, you know, very low sperm count, or maybe there's some, some testicular problems going on or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, that's definitely a big one. Cause uh, yeah, everybody always goes to the woman, like, Oh, right. the woman's the problem, but it's like, Hey, guys are just as unhealthy too. Yeah. Guys are drinking tons of beer. They all got beer guts. Like maybe you just don't have swimmers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But we just don't want to have that conversation. But thankfully, I think the guy side will address first because guys are more down to just be like, hey, you need to quit being fat, get your shit together. Whereas right. women are like, yes, queen, beautiful. And it's like, yeah. okay. 
Yeah, men are more. Uh, pers- they're they're more of um, you know. Hey, you're a fat ass. I think you should stop being fat, motherfucker. Get get skinny and start. Yeah, they'll you just know. own it. They're like, okay, yeah. I'm gonna be the fat, funny guy of the group. Whereas women are just like, you know, I think society's body standards are wrong. <laughs> yeah, okay. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. It's it's changed a lot. It's definitely changed a lot. That that's definitely for sure. Um, so I guess to kind of wrap up here, talk about uh, like the cinnabar calisthenics that you're that you created and and kind of what made you decide to start it and and, and not just because i know you talked you talked about it as well where you stopped talking about politics whatever but what kind of made you want to go from that to what you're doing now um i mean really it was just one of the best things i ever did for my life like everything about my life got better my dating prospects got better my job prospects got better I feel better. I look better. And I'm somebody that, you know, I did struggle for most of my life with the way I looked like, I mean, it wasn't like I was like morbidly obese or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I always say like, if you were fat enough to get picked on, you know what it's like to be fat. Um, so when I was like growing up, like I was chubby, people would fuck with me about that. Um, and then just to like, get rid of that to like, look in the mirror and be like, holy shit, I do not recognize that dude. That is like a transformative thing. Mm -hmm. And you start to think a lot more things are possible because there's something with like learning video editing, maybe, you know, you like learn a skill. You're like, okay, cool. Like I got better at video editing, learn to code, something like that. Like, oh, I got a new job, but there's something about like changing your body. It's like Arnold Schwarzenegger would call body. He's like, I'm like sculpting my body. I see like areas that, you know, he would just see like, And when you do that, when you're changing who you are, you feel unstoppable. There's nothing that I see where I'm like, oh, I can't learn how to code. I can't learn how to draw because it's like, I did this. Hmm. Um, So yeah, part of it is just like spreading that message and then also just kind of going with what the market is telling me to do, you know? So I was posting a lot of stuff on Instagram and people would ask me questions and I was like, you know what? I like making YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to make this type of content anymore. So why not? I just transition this way. So yeah, I do a lot of stuff for free. Like my Instagram, a lot of free content, YouTube, free content. Um, But then on the side, I do like paid programming. So people just want like a workout plan. I'll do just like one-offs there. Um, And then I also do like private one-on-one coaching um, online. So People will work with me like usually for three months. We'll have like weekly checkups and everything, you know, walk them through it, see how they're going, keep them mentally sane because it's a it's a really difficult thing to go through. Um, so that's really fun. And then recently I just started this like literally within the past few days. I have a gym in my garage and I've decided to open that up to have like in-person personal training as well. Hmm. So, yep, just doing everything health and fitness. <laughs> Wow. That's pretty cool, man. Um, so yeah, we can uh, go and end it there. Um, let people know where they can find uh, the cinema calisthenics and where they can find you on social media, anything else you'd like to plug. Yeah. So YouTube, just search Cinnabar calisthenics. Um, if you played Pokemon, you know how to spell Cinnabar. Um, that's where it's from. And then on Instagram, the name is Adam J Morgan. So it's just my, my name. Yeah, I'll send it to you if you post it in like the YouTube description or whatever people can find me. 
But yeah, give me a follow. And if you want to get in the best shape of your life, I have like free books out there. You can download those. Um, I have like fast food guides. If you're like, hey, I still eat fast food, but I want to just order the best foods at McDonald's, Burger King, whatever. Like I have guides like that. Um, hmm. So yeah, I had a mom that was like, gained like 65 pounds during her pregnancy. And mm. with some of my help, she lost all of that weight. Um, I've helped a guy get off a of blood pressure medication um, without any exercise, just purely through dieting. So hmm. it's very rewarding to, to do stuff like that, um, especially when, as I'm sure you know, pregnancy is very hard on women. There's a lot of like mental shit that they go through. Oh, yeah. And to help somebody like that get back to their pre-pregnancy weight like yeah that that feels really good because i know what they go through you think pregnancy stops once they have the baby it's like oh no 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 there is a lot more after that so yeah the body has to recover after all that yeah so it's really rewarding to have stuff like that rather than just like dude you totally shit on candace owens good job <laughs> yeah right right yeah <laughs> she's such a grifter man it's like yeah well, uh, thanks for coming on, Adam. Really appreciate it. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, definitely have to do this again sometime. Anytime, man. All right. Well, uh, for those watching listening, thank you so much. And tune in next time. We will have uh, our guest will be, I'm trying to say sentences now, so bear with me. Our guest will be Polymath, the man known as Polymath. So there you go, at Polymath. So look him up. He's a good follow. Anyway, uh, we will see you in the next one. Bye. The, the, the truck's backing up because they're hearing us. Uh, I think it's time to end this episode. And smash that like button. Yeah, smash that like Just button. Just break your computer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Bye. Bye.